Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. And then, and then it was eerily quiet. And then my mind was kind of like, you know, the head in the fishbowl. But it takes me into the bathroom and says, this is how you brush your teeth. Brush, rinse, repeat, brush, rinse, repeat, brush, rinse, repeat. But there were two girls. And it was like, you don't have to give us a ride. You can't fill us no. He can't refuse us. He'll let us in his car. The thoughts were all alone in this empty void. They got close enough where he said he could see, you know, their eyes and, and how intelligent they seem. This doesn't look right. The adrenaline type creature. This doesn't look right. No pupils, no iris. Three fingers, three long fingers. And this is when the mental torture. And then, and then it was eerily quiet. Welcome back to Conspiracy Normal, guys. Doesn't feel like it's been that long, Rob. No, no, it doesn't actually. Uh. What, what has it been? Less than 24 hours? No, less than 48 hours. Yeah, it looks like we got some feedback here. Coming through Skype? Yeah. Oh, I think it's gone now. Okay. That was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Skype likes to throw us for a loop anyway. Yeah, it usually it, it usually does. It never works the same twice and it's Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. But through the magic of time travel, it's been a week for everybody, and it's only been a couple of days for us. So we hope everybody enjoyed the Augie Dost show. So far, I've gotten a couple of good, uh, a couple of good comments about it. <laughs> so I'll just leave it at that. Um, but we do have kind of a dual guest show, um, as we did last week, because uh, I had a couple of gentlemen contact me. Uh, these guys are from Chicago, and they have a company called Cryptic Apparel, and which is mostly a clothing line. And uh, this is Nick and Kurt from Cryptic Apparel. Welcome to Conspiracy Normal, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick uh, got in touch with me on uh, the Conspiracy Normal on the Conspiracy Normal Facebook page. Sent me a message. And uh, was was wanting to come on to talk about you guys' clothing line. Now, you guys are kind of inspired 
by some of the subjects that we like to talk about on this show. So tell us a little bit about kind of like what your clothing line is, what some of the designs are, and uh, kind of what gave you the idea to, to do this. Yeah, definitely. So I guess it all started, um, you know, ironically enough with um, the Ancient Alien series, um, you know, on History Channel. And I was maybe in high school when that came out. And the theories that they were talking about were um, just out of this world. And, you know, at first they just sounded super crazy. But the more and more I watched and researched, um, you know, the show and the topics, it was just mind blowing. Um, And, you know, we've always been interested in like secret societies um, and things like that. So that really kind of opened the the door to kind of the esoteric um, field. And it was really cool to see how all these ancient symbols, um, prophecies, structures, relate to us in the in the modern time and so you know today i i'm not a big um i don't believe a lot of the uh ancient astronaut theories as they as they um provide them but i do i believe the the theories are correct but we just have a different idea that these aren't aliens we're dealing with they're a different uh, spiritual entity. So the um, the whole brand was built around conspiracies, um, the occult, uh, different secret societies, the Freemasons, Illuminati, Skull and Bones, Rosicrucians. Um, just that those symbols, just seeing those all our lives, um, they're they're so universal that we thought it'd be really cool to put them on clothing. Um, and convey that message. And a lot of our our symbols and things on our clothes are are very universal. And you know, people might n- not know what an Ankh is, or the Eye of Horus, or the All Seeing Eye. They might not know what it stands for and represents. But when they see that graphic, that image, it really resonates. It's kind of one of those primal things that's kind of just. Um, you know, input it into our, our psyche. So that's kind of uh, the the intro to to how we got started as far as the interests. How long have you guys been in business? How long have you guys been doing this? So I started um, in college by myself, probably about five and a half years ago, and okay. uh, I've had Nick jump on board um probably a year and a half two years now two years two years yeah so um it's awesome having people uh you know to work with and nick's been a huge help and asset to the company and uh you know together we've been uh doing some cool things but who who mostly does the design aspect of the of the company so i do uh most of the designing kurt here um and been using like Photoshop, Illustrator for probably about 10 years. So, 
you know, started out making T-shirts for like bands. Um, you know, I was in a punk rock band in high school. So right on. I, yeah. So I definitely I go, respect uh, that. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> transition to uh, some death metal. So the designs got crazier and darker and I'd sneak in my uh, my screen printing lab in high school after hours and just crank out shirts and then sell them out of the back of my mom's minivan at shows. So, so that's kind of the uh, how uh, the shirt process got started. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. Well, I'll tell you, I, I love a lot of the designs. You know, they've got um, it. It's real easy to 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 pick out the. Um, you know where it's coming. It's real identifiable, like you were saying, but it's got a very, um, very simple but eye-catching kind of a, a, an aspect to it too. You know, it, with two tones, it's it's. Uh, uh, I don't know how to put it. Um, it just grabs the eye and it looks. It just looks really cool. Kind of, it's got a unique sort of style to it, as well as being that traditional type of thing. Yeah, thank you so much. And you know, you're totally right. And that's kind of by design. Um, the black and white is very symbolic. Um, I'm sure you guys are aware with, um, you know, the white and black symbolism. Um, but also the way we set up our brand is there's a light and a dark side, right? Everyone has a path that they have to go down in life, that fork in the road, and you can either choose the light or the dark. So we like to uh, provide the white clothing, which is kind of that heavenly kind of aura, as well as the black clothing, which is more dark, mysterious, um, in the shadows type approach. And um, the symbols are, they do have meaning, but we don't really disclose them too much. We, we really like our customers and our community to, to really analyze that on their own and, and wear, wear it in a way that represents them. There's a lot of uh, Egyptian imagery in the in the in the uh, designs. What uh, what's the fascination there with the Egypt? Some of the Egyptian imagery. So, I I would consider Egypt kind of uh, the starting point for for everything. Whether that's um, you know aliens, um, supernatural angels, demons. Um, they were just so advanced with their technology, their science, their religion that it just, it consumed me and it fascinates me. And from my research in the occult, um, everything stems back to ancient Egypt. That's kind of the starting point, you know, so that is the most, um, kind of the most interesting culture um, in my opinion, but of course, you know, I'm very into all other cultures around the world, ancient cultures as well. But um, Egypt's just got so much rich imagery and and stories and energy that uh, it kind of took the front seat for our brand. Do you have a kind of a fascination with mythology? Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was a total dork growing up, and <laughs> you know, people. You know, people in my class would go to the library and get like Clifford the Big Red Dog book or like, 
you know, uh, Dr. Seuss. And here I'd come out of the library with a 300 page Nordic mythology <laughs> book. And, uh, a lot of times the librarians wouldn't let me check them out because the subject matter was either too dark or they thought I literally couldn't read it yet. <laughs> so I've always, uh, been really interested in mythology, especially from a young age. I wonder what it was doing in the library then for the kids to check out. If they <laughs> were going to let you check it out, that's kind of that's kind of odd. I, I could definitely um, <laughs> I could definitely sympathize with that because when I was when I was a kid, I used you know big passion is history, so always checking out books about history. And then of course, a lot of books about all this weird stuff that I still talk about now on this show. And I can remember one of the books that I checked out was this book all about Egyptian mummification. So it showed mm. it showed like the uh, you know that's how I learned that how they they got rid of the brain in when they mummified the uh, the body was that they pulled it out with this thing that you know pulled it out through the nose. And I just yep. thought, I always thought that was so cool. So I guess that kind of made me <laughs> kind of made me a weird kid too. Uh, What's the, uh, what does the name mean to you? Cryptic? What is that? Like, I mean, of course, you know, it brings up a lot of different imagery, but, uh, to you personally, what does kind of like that meet that name? Uh, how does that resonate with you? Yeah, that's a, that's an awesome question. Um, so cryptic of course means like the hidden meaning, um, the underlying meaning, um, hidden secret, occult, um, so the word in itself, I thought was just very fitting for the line due to the subject matter, you know, in the headlines, whenever there's something mysterious in the news, there always be that cryptic qualifier keyword in the headline. So I feel like it's a very good, um, word that really encompasses the, um, the theme of the brand as well as, it has a little bit of a deeper meaning. Um, the The brand itself is, I describe it as the most important quote in the Bible. And I, I often describe it as a drive-by quote because it's one of the first verses in Genesis. And it's uh, the story of the Nephilim and how sure. the, uh, Lucifer and his angels were cast out of heaven. And they were sent to rule over earth as their domain. And that's kind of the theme with cryptic is our society is structured a certain way. And we just go through the motions every day, not really knowing how we got here, why we're working nine to fives. Um, you know, there's just so much, so many things that, um, this information kind of teaches you. So that's, uh, that's kind of what cryptic means. Is there any reference in there to you to like cryptozoology and like strange creatures? Are you guys into any of that kind of interesting stuff? Yeah, definitely. And and you're totally right. It it does uh, tie in well with with that subject matter. And um, of course, you know, big as a young kid, you know, I, it was Loch Ness monster books, Sasquatch, <laughs> Roswell, sure. and then. Uh, as I got older, the one that really captivated me was uh, the Mothman stories and oh and yeah, yeah. yeah, one of my favorites. So it, I think that one is the more uh, next level and and kind of the most sinister um, 
kind of crypto zoology entity, if you want to call it that. But yeah, definitely. Hasn't there been some kind of like Chicago Mothman stuff yes, going on? Recently? Yes, actually. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Have you, do you guys know about this? The, it the, is. Uh, all the like flying humanoids that have been seen in, in Chicago. So it, it's funny you mentioned that. I have been seeing that occasionally in the headlines. I just haven't done um, my research on it and kind of connecting the dots. But I, when I did, I did see that. I don't know if it was on October. Um, it, w- it was somewhat recent, and it just it got the ideas flowing. So I'm glad you guys brought that up. That's definitely uh, something cool that we can even tie into the clothing line. Yeah, there's um, apparently, as I've heard, what it is is that people have been seeing these kind of flying humanoids, kind of like Mothman. And I think Greg Bishop said, or somebody said, that these are being seen in like mostly the Latino and African American communities. I, I don't, I don't remember Bishop that part. That said that. Yeah, but, it was definitely on that roundtable episode. Someone had brought it yeah, up. Yeah, somebody brought that, brought that up because we were talking about the Phantom Clowns, which is Rob's favorite subject. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely – yeah, that, that, yeah. check that out because that's happening, like, I think pretty much right now. I think there's a guy, uh, Lon Strickler. Um, he is – I think he's in Pennsylvania, but he's taken a lot of look at the uh, – this Chicago, well, they call it the Chicago Mothman or Chicago Flying Humanoid, but just plain weird, man. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, an image search for Chicago Mothman, and I'm getting uh, uh-huh. pictures of almost like a prehistoric pterodactyl-looking thing. Um, weird. Flying around the sky. Um, and then some other, some of these pictures... Yeah, they definitely have a uh, a humanoid type uh, approach here. With you know, I can clearly see like some legs dangling and some wings. So that's wild. Yeah, we'll we'll have to uh, check that out. <laughs> Keep our eyes open. Yeah, yeah. Look up in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs to get their head out their cell phone and uh, and, and uh, look up in the sky for sure. Right. <laughs> um, you guys mentioned something to me at the beginning where you were talking about the ancient aliens, um, and you guys had watched ancient aliens, and I mean, you know, that's interesting stuff. I'm I myself am not. A, uh, a proponent of it being a material, there being a material aspect to it, but you said that there's like more of a spiritual aspect. How, what do you guys think about that? What's your thoughts on on all that? Exactly, man. And um, it sounds like uh, you know we're kind of aligned with um, with our theories, but yeah, you know you can you can clearly see that the History Channel. And the producers of that show have an agenda, right? Sure. They're they're obviously discrediting God, um, you know, saying that aliens created mankind, um, you know, types types of those themes, which um, behind the scenes, a lot of them align with um, satanic propaganda and um, very dark, um, demonic. Um, aspects of the show and from most of my research i've read 
several books, but the book that kind of blew the lid off of everything for me um, and gave me a lot of peace because for a while I, I was believing that the aliens were a material um, physical being from another planet. And from the research, you can start to see that, you know, I obviously don't want to say impossible, but the, the facts are kind of stacked against you if you consider a, a nuts and bolt craft traveling at the speed of light from the nearest mm-hmm. star. You know, that takes, what, million, two million years. Mm-hmm. That, that means that they have to be immortal. You know, there's – and if you're going the speed of light through space, if you hit a particle or even a piece of dust or a rock going the speed of light, that craft is going gonna, is gonna to explode. Um, so that kind of um, the physics don't don't really make sense with the craft, the sightings, but more so is the underlying themes of kind of discrediting people and deceiving them as far as what aliens really represent. Um, you know, in today's modern age, we don't we don't believe in magic anymore. There's it's just science, right? Everything's very sanitized. Um, and that's the genius of it. Um, in the medieval times, you know, there are tales about fairies, werewolves, vampires, um, dragons. And now that we're in modern times, all those, all those theories seem very silly. So the only, the only thing that humanity can kind of turn to um, for answers is the the unknown and you know conveniently aliens really fit into the mm-hmm. picture mm-hmm. as that as that answer um, and there's tons of prophecies and uh, revelations that you know talk about the Antichrist and you know how he's going to be able to communicate with the aliens and you know, not in the Bible. It doesn't say aliens uh, specifically, but um, Satan in the Bible described prince of the air, and he's always coming from from the sky. Um, so, just due to all my research, that the the paranormal aspect just makes way more sense in in my eyes. And um, I believe his name's Jack Vallee, um, yes. the the front. The French um, investigator for like Ros, I don't know if it's Roswell specifically, but he was uh, in head, uh, the head of investigating all these UFO sightings in the 70s and 80s or, or whatnot. And he deduced that there's no way that these were physical beings, that this this was a, uh, a spiritual phenomenon. And he he pointed the finger in uh, into the demonic realm and. Um, I know that's a lot at once, but the book that got started that I was alluding to at when I started talking is um, it's called Alien Intrusion, and it's by Gary Bates. And okay, I'm familiar um, with Gary Bates. Yeah, yeah. So he, as a Christian author, I feel like he he has a pretty good unbiased approach as far as really taking a hard look at the facts and having an open mind. Um, so that was something that kind of eased me and gave me a peace of mind and kind of some clarity with what's going on. 
Uh, do you consider your Do you consider yourself a Christian, or do you do you see it more like that helps you look at it in more of a spiritual way? Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, you know, I do believe in God and in a higher power. Um, you know, I'm not overly religious or anything to that aspect, um, but I just think it's uh, it's foolish to not to not acknowledge that there could be a possibility of uh, a higher power. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you on believing that there's like a spiritual aspect of this. Cause if we look at the, it, you're hundred percent right. If we look at the UFO phenomenon and we look at the fairy mythos and that mythology, there's a lot of similarities. Yep. And it, but we think of those as being, oh, that's quaint or, you know, that's what ancient or medieval people, pre industrial people would, would believe. And we say, and a lot of people that are proponents of the extraterrestrial hypothesis will say, well, you know, it's obvious that we are being visited by these extraterrestrial beings and these aliens. And there's all this stuff about, some people think they're bad and some people think that they're good. And, but at the same time, you also have an idea out there that says that, no, this is not a physical phenomenon. This is spiritual, more spiritual than it is physical, even though it could have physical aspects to it. And that it's because of our materialism that we tend to think of, of these beings and they, clothe themselves as being this um these UFO knots so to speak. Yes. Uh that makes a ton of sense, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That that's something for me like I've had my own personal journey with this. Um you know, Rob can tell you. I've definitely had studied a lot. Like the first person I got into about this stuff Way back, I could tell you anybody was L.A. Marzulli. I guess you're probably familiar with him. And uh, uh, Guy Malone is a good friend of mine too. He actually knows Gary Bates at your at the book that you read. And really? we were at that we we were at the his Roswell conference, which was kind of a mixture between. It was all about non-ETH theory, but there was kind of like a mixture between a non-Christian viewpoint and a and a Christian viewpoint, and how everybody can kind of like compare notes, but nobody believes that this is a these are little green men from Zeta Reticuli, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree, and that's that's very cool, and you know the unfortunate part, even you know the whole aspect of Christianity you know, in modern times kind of turns people off. And mm-hmm. it's a shame that, you know, people don't have an open mind to, to explore these, these ideas and uh, about the more spiritual approach. And you don't even have to be a Christian, you know, and it, it can still make sense to your life yeah, and abs- align with, absolutely. with your views. So, you know, it is, it is cool that, you know, it, it can link with Christianity, but like you said, if it's linked to Christianity or not, just kind of standing alone, um, I think there's, like you said, something for everyone there. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to. Now, uh, we do have somebody else back there. Is it Nick, are you around? 
Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> what do you think about some of this stuff? So Kurt has actually gotten me into all of this. I came in more so on the business side. So like I came in with a completely blind eye of anything that you guys have brought up. So there's like little bits that like I learn as we go through all of this. Um, I've always kind of had like my own theories on like aliens and just weird phenomenon stuff that happens that is unexplained. So Kurt's kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different things and kind of always question everything. But uh, I guess as as far as uh, strict opinions, I don't have any truly. Sure. Yeah, that's understandable. It's kind of like being just exposed to all this all at once kind of can give you a headache. I get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's been times where Kurt has just gotten so deep and I'm just sitting there like, you just told me so much. I can't even comprehend half of it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I'm the same way. Like I've always been into all this kind of stuff, but not not as deep as like Adam or say most of our guests. And a lot of what I've learned has just been from the show, like as we go. So I'm always like sitting back, listening, learning, and asking questions. I really don't know what I'm getting into every night. Well, that's good. It's kind of great though, because it's <laughs> yeah. like a learning process. You know, it's like I, I think that's really you know the kind of the audience that we try to to speak to i think is people that are just maybe just finding out about this stuff and are really curious about it and we you know the questions that we might generate from watching a show or from listening to the show rather i would hope that they would go out and actually you know kind of look into stuff for themselves as well so i think it's all good you know everybody's like at, like at a different level with this stuff um, exactly what about the occult guys? Because I heard I did hear some references to the occult there. Um, is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What do you think? Um, it's it's just one of those things that has its hand in everything in history. Um, you know, and and part of part of it is just kind of taking a look at the people in power, you know, and how they got there. And, mm-hmm. you know, their, their beliefs, but, you know, a lot of it is people don't realize, you know, how influential, you know, paganism and everything, everything else is in modern day. Um, and with the occult, it's like you said, um, it's something that you can't just dive into. Obviously it's, you know, I describe it maybe as an onion, you know, you have to, get through a couple layers to even understand what's going on. And, um, the alien stuff was just driving me crazy and it, it made no sense. But mm-hmm. once I connected the occult to the phenomenon, um, it, right. I, it just made so much more sense that there's something more sinister at work here. And, um, it's something that you have to really be careful with, when you're, when you're talking to people, um, you know, some people will, you know, kind of laugh in your face and just dismiss it. Other people can really think you're a weirdo. (laughs) Um, so it's good that there's, you know, podcasts and outlets like this where people can kind of get together and, and, uh, speak freely without the fear of judgment. Um, even on like Facebook and social media, like I used to, you know, kind of 
you know, I was sick of hearing about how many touchdowns uh, dipshit scored over the weekend. And I <laughs> wanted to talk about some uh, some stuff that mattered. And, yeah. you know, people just weren't having it. They don't want to they don't want to think deep. They don't want to exert themselves. They want to sleep at night. And unfortunately, once you uh, once you get into the occult, you know, not practicing. I'm, I'm not referencing, you know, that I practice any of it, but sure. just being knowledgeable about it, um, it, I think is very important. And, uh, we're trying to really use our clothing brand as an outlet to kind of educate people on, on the occult, on good, on evil, um, as well as all these kind of other outliers, you know, aliens and things that like that, that kind of tie into the big picture. Right on. Yeah. There's definitely, I think there's definitely a connection between a lot of this, between a lot of the occult stuff and, um, what we or what people generally think of as aliens. You know, we had, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this show, but we had Ren Collier on a few shows ago. And we talked about uh, Albert Bender, who was the first guy that uh, wrote about the men in black. So he started the entire men in black phenomenon. But a lot of people don't know about Albert Bender is that he was actually an occultist. And he was visited by these, I guess, these three men that came to him and started telling him a bunch of weird stuff. You know, a lot of it, a lot of that has to do with the the occult and uh, the spiritual world. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's um, I I got him pulled up on Google, mm-hmm. um, and just some of these sketches that he made, you can almost you can almost tell that he's almost being channeled. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with um, like artists like H.R. Geiger. Yeah, I am. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I truly believe that there are certain certain people that, you know, willingly open their bodies as vessels to these um kind of dark beings to to let them uh take the passenger seat and kind of use them as um yeah. as a vessel and I mean even, you know, authors um, you know, call a Cthulhu and and just so many of these these stories, they're just they're just oozing and dripping with the occult, and you know people just overlook it, you know. So it's it's very cool. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. Well, guys, unfortunately we're running out of time here, but I do from the time we have left, um, tell everybody where they can find your clothing line. Uh, have you got any sales that are coming up? And um, just let everybody know where they can find you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our website is www.crypticapparel.com. And that's one word. And that's spelled uh, C-R-Y-P-T-I-C apparel, A-P-P-A-R-E-L. And um, that's going to be our handle on Instagram as well as like Twitter, um, Pinterest. But if you go ahead and just do a Google search of cryptic apparel, um, you know, we should be popping up on the first page. Um, but it's definitely a, uh, a cool brand to check out if, you know, for this audience and, you know, people into the more uh, esoteric field. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'll have in the show notes, I'll have a link to you guys as well. So Rob, was there any other questions that you, that you had or uh, no, but I uh, just wanted to thank you guys for coming on. Um, this has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we, we can, we can get you back guys back on for, for like a kind of full scale interview. So I absolutely. Think that, yeah, I think that would be awesome. All right, guys. Uh, we have another guest. We have coming on tonight, Devin J. Byrne. I called him the magical, the magical mystic monk back in the day. <laughs> this is like episode thirty-eight or something. So this guy hasn't been on for about four years. So we're going to get an update from him tonight. So be back for more strange stuff on Conspiranormal. <laughs> We are back. That was a really good interview, the mini interview that we had with the guys from Cryptic Apparel. Yeah, it's always good to meet new people like that that are into into everything yeah, that we're man. into Abs- and doing something their own on the side as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Sound, sounds cryptic. <laughs> it is pretty cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> and we have another guest online, uh, Devin J. Byrne. Devin, how you been, man? I'm good. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty well. Um, we were been just a while. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's been a while. Um, that show that we had you on last was I'm gonna have to look it up. I think, but I'm pretty sure it was like episode. I think it was 26, 38, or something like that. Wow! Like this was before Rob even joined us, man. That was like a long, long time ago. Well, I know there was two of you, so it wasn't. Yeah, there there was Luke was part of that. Um, okay, and it was Luke and, Luke, Luke and myself. Yeah, yeah you're right. Episode twenty six. Because yeah, I just listened to it the other day. Yeah, that was we did that on April eighth, twenty thirteen. You mean so. didn't you guys get famous because of that episode? <laughs> I, mean, <come> on. <laughs> I, I think we did. <laughs> I at least got I at least got Rob after a while. So he came. Rob came in around the sixties. On, on our episode, this is like episode 188. So that's it was, it was a good, good while ago. So for for both of us, sir. So well, I can admit that I haven't listened to anything since. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's good for you, but uh, <laughs> well, you got. I, I get an email every single time, and I just never have gotten to it. But I've been pretty busy. Oh, right that's now. right, because you're one of our followers on Podomatic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, if uh well you got a lot of catching up to do sir so (laughs) (laughs) you you got to get to it because that's right yeah you were a listener to the show for a little while and you actually were the first listener i think to ever contact me about coming on the show so being that that was episode 26 and that show is buried uh, in the archives. It's still there if anybody wants to listen to it, but let's kind of give like a recap of kind of where you're coming from and kind of like 
how you started on your kind of journey, as, as you call it. Yeah, it's hard to say exactly where it started. I mean, I, I can say <laughs> on my spiritual journey, I, I started learning meditation on my own when I was 12 years old in my bedroom, you know, just uh, so it's a little hard to say when it actually started. But the, at the point when I called you guys was after the climax of my my journey uh, experience, where it, which went on for five years. That was about four and a half years into it. And uh, I had that death experience where I uh, this huge multi-dimensional experience that uh, <laughs> all sorts of things happened, which I can get into a bunch of details. But I was attempting to transcend the world and forgive everything. And I, I knew that this world was a type of an illusion of some sort. And I was just getting rid of everything, going to meditation courses and energy work classes and everything I could possibly get my hands on. And uh, that death experience, as I call it, is, I, I would say I did exactly that. And I just wanted to get out there and tell everybody about, you know, what happened and what the world's really like. And it's still what I'm doing today. So it stuck with me. Yeah. I did the, in the previous episode, we talked about how you grew up Mormon and then you kind of had kind of like an epiphany yeah. of sorts at one point. Uh, let's let's talk about this journey experience. Like, what what happened to you? Oh, so <laughs> let's narrow it down a little bit more. Uh, where where to start? Sure, <laughs> sure, absolutely. And I so the Mormon thing. You know, I never really felt completely fit in, but it was the only thing I had in my life that was some sort of spirituality, and I could feel it speaking to me and. And spirits in in a form were trying to teach me through it, and it finally, you know, I reached this point where answers that I wanted it didn't have anymore. You know, my, my dad would tell me often, "There are just some things you're never gonna know," and I was not satisfied with that, and so I I just kept looking and kept searching and kept you know finding, uh, but mostly through firsthand experience, quite. Uh, <laughs> Various different things. So, I mean, you can we can get into anything you want, but uh, where to start on that journey? <laughs> I was born. Uh, <laughs> That's a good place to start. We 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 could skip to uh, to where you actually started. I guess on the journey. I guess um, you know what. Well, what did you realize from it? What uh, what kind of uh, what did you what did you what kind of messages did you receive from it? Okay, so as far as epiphanies and realizations, uh, when I started before my travel, I had this thing called the and Miracles, and I was mm -hmm. having epiphany after epiphany and revelation after revelation. My mind was shifting and changing. For was, someone that's not familiar with the Course of Miracles, what is that? So it, it's a three-part course where it has a text that talks about the philosophy and nature of the universe and how it really works. It uses Christian terminology, and a lot of people turn off by that, but it's nowhere really <laughs> related to what most people know as Christianity. And uh, then there's the workbook, which has 365 lessons, where it, it's actually training your egoic mind to surrender itself so that you can have divine revelations and experience of alternate universes and dimensions. And then there's the Manual for Teachers, which once you get through the lessons – then you can really dive into that as well, but it's it's life changing. That's <laughs> to sum it up, life changing. Okay, 
So you started in with the Course of Miracles, and as far as this, and it, I was, I just saw myself traveling around the country. I actually saw myself with a, a backpack in a meditation in the middle of nowhere, just walking, and I knew I had to travel around the country. And it's funny, I was constantly asking for signs and symbols as if this is the right way and what I should be doing and where I should be going. And uh, in fact, right right when it was, I was going through it, I was trying to find a job and all this stuff, and, and then I decided to go traveling, and the job thing wasn't working out while I was doing that. I was, in fact, doing a podcast on it. Yeah, and, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <laughs> I had a decision to make. I'm like, okay, am I actually going to do this traveling or I finally got the these three jobs in my hands I can I can take doing massage therapy and uh <laughs> I'm like, okay, I I really don't know and I right in that very second as I turned it over to spirit to God whatever, um it, I got a text message, a random text message from my ex-wife's co-worker's daughter, who was like 12 or something. Mm. And she just texted me the lyrics to Weird Al Yankovic's version of American Pie. You know okay. that song? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, like the... the uh, I think that's uh, Anakin it. Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bye-bye this year Anakin guy, someday later maybe Vader. Uh-huh. Now just a small fry, leaving his home, kissing his mother goodbye saying someday I'm going to be a Jedi. And that really spoke to me in that moment. I was like, oh man, I have to leave my home, leave my comforts, leave my mama and go on this travel, you know, thinking I'm going to be a Jedi, thinking I'm going to be this multidimensional, awesome guy, you know, and uh, I got to go out there. You know, I might be the Antichrist. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to just keep going with it. <laughs> and that that was motivation. And and to really go out there, I, I went to a, a devotional that was focused on A Course in Miracles, and it really helped me get really deep into my consciousness and meditation and stuff. And so it, it, it really opened my mind. And even there, I asked for another sign, like, is this where, what I should be doing? I was out uh, over looking over a lake, and right in front of my eyes, you know, right where I'm looking, this big old bright shooting star. I, I think I've I maybe seen one shooting star before, brighter than that in my entire life. It was and like okay, I'll stop asking for signs. <laughs> okay, I know this is what I should be doing, and it's pretty amazing. But I essentially started walking after that devotional with three hundred dollars in my pocket, and uh, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do. I just was going by intuition and internal guidance. I, I knew it was there. I knew I should be doing this, and I had to just trust it. And uh, even though the first day I, I stuck myself to walking, I'm like, no, I'm not going to take rides. I'm going to walk. I made it down the street. It was like midnight. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. And <laughs> and uh, I, I never had to walk again because after that I started accepting rides and accepting people buying me tickets and bus rides to come to their house, the plane rides and all this stuff. So it all worked out for five years. Uh, I always had a place to stay, always had somewhere to go. And as far as I was diving into meditation courses of Vipassana and going to churches and everything I could find my hands on of some sort of spirituality, some something talking about metaphysics in any sort of fashion. And I, I was using it in a fashion that 
uh, everything brought something up in me and I was going to forgive it. And in other words, let it go and let go of the triggers and kind of find this sense of peace with it. And it was through that journey that I even made it to Hawaii and, and then I came back and made it to Sedona uh, I, all over a lot of the United States and Mexico and Canada. And, and then it was in Sedona that Sedona, Arizona, which is very profound energetically, a lot of things happening. In fact, the partner I was traveling with uh, saw a big glowing white bluish orb above her head when she was jogging. And as she noticed it, you know, it shoots off into the mountain uh, where some people do say that, you know, in some of these uh, mountains down there, these whatever they're called, that, that there are alien hubs within them. And that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so I've I heard Sedona is an interesting place. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I, I definitely choose to live there. Anyway, um, so it was in this moment, you know, as as eating an edible, as totally stoned, and my partner was someone that really brought up a lot of stuff in me. And it was, I sat down in in meditation, and there she goes, pissing me off again. And I let it go. And in that moment, when I completely let it go, what I would call forgiveness of it, I my eyes started rolling up in my head. I started shaking. And, you know, there's a lot of background I'm leaving out, too. But sure. I, I started kind of going into this seizure type thing, as far as I'm aware of. And uh, my life started flashing before my eyes. Uh, in great detail, as if I'm, I was started living it and rewind kind of backwards, but in in much much great detail of a lot of situations that I once usually had some sort of emotional reaction to or some problem with, and I saw it all as good and I saw it all as perfect and it it didn't really stop me, and uh, it, it even all my childhood, what I thought I didn't remember anymore. Uh, I remembered being born and the first sensation of being pulled out of the womb by mm. Caesarean. Uh, I remembered being in the womb and the first moment in which I became into this position of a body within the womb. And uh, then it went into a complete, uh, <laughs> just obliterated every all the experience of just a great profound light. And I, as I saw that this, this light was kind of brighter in the center and it got brighter throughout the whole flashback of my entire life. It was like, like a tunnel in a fashion that it's just so much brighter in the middle. And as I got closer to it, it opened up this kind of communication that uh, it was without words and without positioning, but it felt like as if I was around entities, uh, kind of a council. And uh, I was under this council as if they were reviewing uh, what I was doing and where I was going and it was told to me without words um, that I have the opportunity now to transcend the world, come into the universe of light and do this but I have to also review my future and why I came into this body in the first place and so then, just like my life flashing before my eyes, all of my future started flashing before my eyes in great detail. And I saw the family that I was going to have, and I saw 
what I was going to become and, and all of this and just really a potential of experience. And uh, I, as there was a lot of different things happening. This is out of time. So trying to describe this in words, it was pretty intense. Understandable. And yeah. And then, uh, in, so I, I saw some things that I, I wanted to do. I wanted to participate in this future. I did see this and agree to this in the first place before I was born in the first place. And uh, it, it came unto, under this council that if I wanted to come back, all I had to do was uh, resent the fact that I wouldn't be able to live there or have this grievance that I, I wouldn't be able to accept it or, or something. And instantaneously, as I decided to be uh, to resent that I wouldn't have this family that I wanted to have and experience being a father. And uh, also that my partner that I was with, I was uh, <laughs> upset that she would portray me as this suicide experience, you know, overdose type thing on marijuana <laughs> or something. Hmm. And and so I I had those thoughts. And as soon as those thoughts came into my mind, instantaneously, the entire thing ceased and stopped completely. And I became completely coherent back into the physical body and uh, just aware of it. <laughs> so, so I'm sure as we get into this more, I'll reveal more details of that as well, which I don't think I actually talked about as much first time. Because that, when I talked to you guys originally... Uh, this just barely happened. This was sure. 2012, yeah. December 2012, on the 10th of December. So, yeah, it, it sounds like very much like you had like a kind of a shamanic kind of experience. Yeah. Well, as far as describing it as shamanic and, and alternate states and stuff, you know, I've had a lot of experience since then and before that of definitely you know, spirits and, and kind of wandering the planet. And this was definitely something much more profound and much more intense that it, it enveloped my entire being. It was, it was very intense. And as far as, uh, what I did want, uh, it was kind of like a, a wish granting thing. And instead of transcending the world, which I wanted as well, uh, instead I was just going to come back with what I would say, is the knowledge of everything. Uh, that's what I wanted also. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, you can also prove the fact that I don't know everything. So it's a little, as far as how the universe works and all this great stuff. So what I've been doing is kind of trying to make sense out of this big blob of knowledge that is impossible to understand. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's understandable. Um, what has happened to you since, since then, since that has occurred? Like how, like what has happened to you that has kind of furthered you along on, on this journey? Uh, so I was guided to, I wanted a way to remember this experience and make sure that I wouldn't forget it. So I was guided to some sort of, I was told to take up a totem of, to represent this, and I uh, got this staff uh, within a few days, and I was working on it while I was talking to you guys. Uh, I, I worked on it for the next year or so, and it really took about nine months to to really get in a position where I could take it around. And I've carried it around with me now for you know since then, 
officially for over three years. And uh, is this what you yeah. refer to as the stick on the website? Yeah, this. Yeah, okay. The stick. All right. I do. Yep. It's like, what's with the stick? I get the question all the time. <laughs> so, what does that mean to you? What does that totem? What does that signify? Well, it has a lot of variations, a lot of understandings. As people ask me if it's if it's this or that, you know, is that a rain stick? I'm like, yeah, it's a rain stick. <laughs> is that? Is that, is that <laughs> I'm like a you know, rain stick, thunder rod, or lightning rod, same thing. You know, I don't really <laughs> entirely know uh, what the whole purpose of is it. But for me, it resembles God walks with me everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of, it's more or less that I walk with it. <laughs> and it has every religious symbol you can possibly imagine. Well, that I could anyway. Uh, up and down it. It was given step by step of details of what to apply to it, and has a lot going on. Do you have a picture? Any a picture of you with this? Uh, in yeah, there's actually this one guy that started a blog about it, but I I prefer that he blurs out the the stick in detail, and so he was he he was posting a few photos of me around town and <laughs> when I. <laughs> and it's a little blurred out, but you can kind of see it as well. Uh, it, as far as the detail of it, I prefer not to show it over picture or over the internet. As there are some, a friend of mine, the first weekend I had it out, she was taking and posting picture, pictures on Facebook. So they are available, but you kind of have to search for them. So this is kind of something that is like kind of deeply personal to you, like, and you would share with like, people in your general vicinity, you don't want to share it kind of like online. It is. It's kind of a disclaimer in a way. It has a lot of people see it differently. Um, mostly kind of tells me what they think of, of it and where they're at as far as spirituality goes. And, uh, as far as a disclaimer, you know, this guy's crazy. You know, do you really want to talk to this guy? That's kind of what, Hmm. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Do you kind of like feel that that's like a conversation starter in a way to kind of get things going? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely used as such. Um, It also, you know, when I go to the movies and everything, it's mostly asked if it's a weapon or anything like that. And like, no, no, religious emblem, and I can I can show you details about that. And, and, and now I, I I actually started putting together sets of articles on what the so-called religion, which I hate defining it like that, hmm. uh, of my experience. And so I'm making it kind of uh, official as far as the law goes because of what it means to me, as I want to have the rights of it being not just seen as a weapon, but that I'm allowed to wear it just and have it with me everywhere, even on planes just like anybody can have a cross, you know, or or some beads or whatever they have, you know. Sure. You also mentioned a uh, you also mentioned a tattoo uh, on the oh, website yeah. as well. That Two uh, of them. that's. But he's like you mentioned like a tattoo. You, you say the uh, <laughs> yeah the tattoo. So what is the tattoo? What does it mean to you? So you're, you're talking about the one on my chest, right? I believe right. so. If that's the one you're talking right. about on the on the side, because I also I also got an infinity symbol above my brow, 
uh, you know, I got a face tattoo now. And my niece did that prison style. And um, <clears throat> I'm looking for some water. Oh, I need <laughs> drink. Yeah, that's what um, you. Yeah, you mentioned the one on your the one on your uh, on your brow, and you mentioned the one on your chest. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so the one on my chest is very similar to what most people know as the Flower of Life and the Star of David, uh, but it's actually called the Seventh Seal of Solomon. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it has several dimensions in what you can see on it. And it it has, so yes, a lot of different layers to it. <laughs> it's a multi-dimensional image that I actually use for a lot of my uh, images on, on my podcast and stuff, and throughout my website that you can find. I have different variations and versions of it. Now that is a, that is a generally known occult symbol. Um, why particularly do you use that one? Well, it was mostly in just rev- through revelatory experience, but however, the the star rem- resembles straight lines, and this is light, and the circles resemble waves as in sound, and this is actually the basis of the holographic universe, which is the spiritual universe, which has been manifest into the physical reality. So it is a major representation of this uh, spiritual universe. But I didn't get it from anywhere specific as far as the symbols. You can also see that it has the Star of Mekizdek, uh, which is two squares around the outside of it. And it, so it refers to a lot of different authorities and multidimensional truths. So. And the infinity symbol? Uh, so the infinity symbol is actually the state of the truth of consciousness, regardless of what it believes, and uh, it goes through the, you know, the uh, the densities of physical reality, and then it goes through the density of spirituality, and but it stays the same, even though it it believes in personal identity and gets obsessed with specific realities. So we're talking. We're getting into like this ten dimensions of reality. The details of it, uh, you know, to comprehend it is is it's like just this life and what most people know as the spiritual reality is usually what they reference to as emotions, mm-hmm. and then there's the physical reality of bodies and what most people are are obsessed with, and then the intellect that they know as their personal identity is the fourth dimension of memory and of time and and having this essence that we're separate. So the consciousness, which is the fourth dimension, is also the same realm as the first dimension, which is known as Christ consciousness. And it, there's a barrier between thinking it's separate from everything in the universe and thinking it's you know is the universe, and when it thinks it becomes the universe. And so the awakening process is is a coming from the barrier of time and memory and forgiving all your life and forgiving all your past, pretty much coming to this death, then the only thing that left is left is that consciousness that remains to be true of the truth of the nature of the universe. Okay. Hmm. 
<laughs> Did I answer your question? Yeah, that that answered the question. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> do you see yourself as having like the Christ consciousness? How do you how do you define that? So Christ consciousness isn't something as far as I mean you can obtain it as as far as awareness. My phone's buzzing out on me. What's going on? You guys still hear me okay? Oh, yeah. We hear you. Okay. So, uh, Christ consciousness is something that's within all of us. It is with the whole experience of reality. But as far as this individuality that we're all in is a choice beyond that. So, it's choosing to have personal experience uh, of physical reality and of separation. And so the realization and awakening of Christ consciousness is the decision to, you know, let go of individuality and let go of separation and open up into that. And, you know, as far as thinking of spiritual experiences and seeing entities and, and beings and such that of, of any kind of nature and any kind of frequency uh, is you know, it it happens on a daily occurrence to those that are in accordance. Mindset is in accordance to the spiritual universe. So, do you see entities on a daily basis? Do you have contact with them? So, as far as kind of uh, referencing to them as something different than physical, it's kind of became a different layer, a different degree of experience. Uh, I would say absolutely yes. Uh, but I don't point them out in a fashion that is different than physical beings. Okay. So do you see them as uh, like pretty much the same as just a normal part of the universe? Yeah, it's more like uh, just a different aspect of the universe. Yeah. And to say that I see them at the exact same time is, is a little different, a little misunderstanding. But it's a lot like as far as the realm of imagination, where it's continually changing and can change with thought and so on, the spiritual universe is a manifestation that's very rapid. Uh, it's The physical reality is because we're afraid of the rapid manifestation of the spiritual reality, so we put a density on it and a gestation period mm-hmm. so that we can take our time thinking. Uh, well, do we really want that to happen? Uh, no, no, I don't want that to happen, so I'm going to try and change my man- mind of this manifestation. And so we're actually going through this training process of becoming in into our reality again. So <laughs> the journey of this Christ consciousness was to completely forget everything, completely go into the emptiness of not knowing anything, and now has, through these dimensional experiences, choosing more and more uh, essence of what it's known. And as we're coming into this understanding of quantum physics and of the uh, different realities and how the world works, and we're kind of seeing that, you know, things are a little different than than we always thought they were, and the paranormal aspect and all this stuff is because it's coming to a climax of what this third dimensional reality has to offer, and it's actually referred to in biblical texts as seals. That we're coming to the end of the seventh seal, like literally, what the this di- third dimension can hold and be sealed down, and that's when Pandora's box opens up, 
into a whole nother, what would be referred to as the fifth dimensional reality. So this is kind of like borrowing a little bit from the book of Revelation, um, the, the, the concept of seals. Well, as far as I, you know, I'm not going from study from it. It's because mm-hmm. I've been raised, you know, in with biblical texts and the Mormon church. And my mind is more attempting to find ways of, re, you know, reiterating the information in which I've received. So using it as symbolic representation. Okay. Yeah. What, do you have a, a, any particular cases of where you've spoken to some of these entities? Like what, what have they told you? Um what is what has been some of your interactions with them? Well, so I I do a series of podcasts, different different podcasts on some pretty intense texts, and a recent mm-hmm. one that I've been dealing with is the Tao Te Ching. And if you know anything about that, there's a it's ancient Chinese text. Uh, this man named Lao Tzu, and I'm actually. Uh, dealing with him in a channeling basis almost you know an intimate level of of just the information and i have to transcend what is being what i'm reading as far as the text into a new interpretation uh of what was meant to be said and so he's kind of there with me as far as as trying to give the proper interpretation where it was lost in dictation and it was lost in English translation. And you can see that there's several different versions out there. And really, it's just another version <laughs> that's out there. But I do feel like I'm in a very intimate relationship with Lao Tzu in developing this new interpretation. Rob, are you familiar with that? You might be more familiar with the... Yeah, it's Taoism, right? Yeah. Yeah, Taoism, yep. Yeah, b- big fan of Taoism. What's yeah, the, so what? the oh, well, on. and so so the Tao is referred to as the way, and it was more or less the a lack of having a word for it, and um, well, the first verse says the Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao, and the the word that in my mind that it's translated to is purpose, and the the purpose that can be said and told is not the eternal purpose, and and it's talking about coming instead of from a physical identification level uh, of trying to figure out what it is all about, it's going to an eternal perspective of having internal perspective on reality of what is the purpose of this, this tiny little minute point that we call physical life in the whole vastness of all eternity. You said... Gets kind of intense. <laughs> it does get kind of intense. <laughs> I think you live a pretty intense life, Devin. <laughs> I do. Let me tell you, like, it's entertaining uh, though. I'm sure. I'm sure because you know, like you, uh, you were talking about in this vision. You know, you saw yourself becoming a father, and now you you're a father now, and you have a family life. Yeah. Like you know, how do you square all this all this that you're doing with kind of like your family life and how does that all work out for you? Yeah. So I'm mostly the stay at home and I have the online business of this podcast and coaching that I do, uh, coaching to personal experience and having revelations and such. 
And um, so it's mostly, as far as my day, it is about my children and my wife and just mostly doing that. But then I have set times that I've just set aside where I can focus. And and I, as far as being in the world, it's uh, Devin is very much Devin. Uh, Devin's in the world. Devin does worldly things. Devin takes a shit. Devin eats, you <laughs> sure. know, and takes another shit. And anyway, <laughs> on and on and but, on. I guess. <laughs> but then when I get in that moment, you know, and I really start talking about all this stuff, it, I start, uh, you know, tapping into alternate realities and entities and having, you know, quite literally being a channel for this information, a channel for this, <laughs> what is necessary to do and, and coming to what is necessary to say. And so that like the series of podcasts, they all talk on different levels, uh, different degrees of understanding and different ways, different phrases, different terminologies and, and so on. Do you, f- because you have several things in your questions and you have on your website, uh, openandclear.com, you do have several questions that people like to ask you. So, yeah. uh, one of the things is that they ask you, are you kind of starting your own religion? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, even more since I wrote that, uh, it seems as if I am, um, however, my intentions are not, uh, for that, not about that. It's more or less that I see a truth, and I simply want it to be understood. Not I don't care if anybody accepts it. I don't care if anybody converts to my religion or anything like that. And in fact, uh, when you click and go into more information after those that page of questions, that gets into the articles of what would be my belief. Uh, and I think it's article number nine, it, and a lot of them are kind of contradictory, but article number nine is one of my favorites and they're kind of going through their edits right now. I did 14 today, but oh, wow. uh, number nine, um, uh, is we believe in all religious beliefs and they're, they're abbreviated, uh, for layman understanding, not so much for quotation, but it gets into describing why and how these dimensions involve every single religious belief. You know, every single definition of heaven is out there. And it's not only you know possible, but it's actual. And so it's it's more emphasis on you're creating your reality to describe it in a little fashion that you're determining and deciding what universe you want to be in. So when you resonate with a religion, you're actually you're actually deciding how you want your future to look like. And if it involves this idea of hell, my friend, <laughs> you know, you might want to question what type of a universe you're in. But you know, you as as far as my religion in itself. Uh, involves everybody's religion, so I'm not concerned about converting anybody. <laughs> sure, yeah, you're not you're not you're not trying to start a cult or anything like that. You just kind of they're doing your own thing, basically. Yeah, but that would be fun too, you know. <laughs> as far as community goes, I would love to have a community, and I just keep doing what I'm doing now. Just being, you know, obsessed with spirituality, obsessed with mentality mm-hmm. and these things and just keep doing what I'm doing. And if that turns into whatever it's turned into, I, you know, I don't I don't really care. I can take over the world. It doesn't matter to me. It's all the same thing. Uh, but I, I can just, you know, die in the curve right now and be satisfied with life. Uh, you know, I'm just more letting it happen, enjoying the ride and going with the, 
the flow of the okay my wife's getting squirmy about me dying in the curve here <laughs> <laughs> well we don't want that we don't want that to happen what uh what does she think about all this like well she's put up with me uh having this stick around (laughs) Uh for for over three years and uh it took her about a year to actually look at it (laughs) 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 but uh i actually met her when i was 12 years old about the same time i would say i started having conversations with god and oh wow uh, it was around that same time that uh, I'm wondering where this is going because there's a lot of details I want to talk about. But uh, we actually met through putting notes under the desk, and she wrote back, and we started having this whole relationship through notes. But we never talked about it to each other. We were too shy. Hmm. And then we, when she went to high school before me, so we kind of went our separate ways, and we never actually talked until until. Four years ago, in person, right? <laughs> Something like that. Oh, that's a nice a, story. Yeah, it's romantic. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, uh, you know, you you talk about God? So I'm just curious, like as someone that's kind of on your level with this stuff, what do you perceive God as being? Yeah, so there's a lot of definitions of God out there. No and, doubt. And that's the first article as far as if anybody has questions or wondering how crazy I am. Uh, It is definitely an undefinable vastness uh, that is so expansive you can't have any definition of it. Um, As far as referring to the dimensions, it is the zeroth dimension, it is the tenth dimension. And to say that in, in terms that have been used before, it is the beginning and the end, it is the alpha and the omega. And uh, that's that's referring to it's also everything in between. So usually what someone has a definition of God, it's somewhere in one of these dimensions. You know, if it's a body, then it's obviously a physical dimension of the ninth, the sixth, or even the third. Uh, or if it's non-corporeal, it's usually about this eighth or some version might be the tenth. But it, it also kind of emphasizes the reason Judaism, Judaism. <laughs> Judaism has had a problem with Jesus is because they were, you know, God is not and cannot be in its fullness, its full capacity of it in any form at all, or else it's now divided from the rest of its actuality. So as far as what it is in this physical world, it's everything in this physical world. Uh, it's everything in the spiritual world. It's everything in every single detail. So how could you define something that is everything? Uh, it's in such a vastness that even as you go into the higher dimensions, you're also talking about alternate universes of every single possibility of your life, for an example, of you dying at every single day and every single minute of your life and being born in weird versions. So how would you define who you are with such a capacity of having so many options of what you are, you know? So yeah, that's only talking about the next few dimensions. So as you continue on and go on, you're talking about, I, I like to use the example of a cup. If I have a cup, it, it's obviously a cup. It's not a car, it's not a wall, it's not a picture. But if you only have a cup and there's nothing else in the universe, then the cup has no definition. Mm-hmm. Also, in the understanding that if I have this cup, 
in every last little position and space of all reality that it's it's here it's there it's everywhere and it's an inch from where it was it's an inch from where it was then you it's everything and it's all that is and therefore it has no definition either it has no understanding of what it is at all so so these dimensions is actually the process of dividing that up dividing the experience up uh, uh, so that you can experience cup and uh, another way of describing it is in a fashion of all the libraries, all the books and on all the planets, <laughs> you know, and you take them all and you condense them all down, not not uh, taking parts of it away and, and putting good parts in it, but literally even just one book, smashing it all down into the space of one uh, word or even one letter. It's already incomprehensible. It's just one black blob. And that's kind of what in one way of understanding what God is being so vast and so expansive that I wouldn't describe him as a being, but he is being. He's in fact, every being he's me right here, right now. It's you right there right now. You know, it's everyone and everywhere. But as far as, are you aware of it? Or is, is he aware of it? Are they aware of it? You know, that's a different story, but it's the only way to like, to understand one of those books. We need to divide it up. We need to separate it. And now you got the story of Adam Sade, right? <laughs> wow, I don't know where to go from there, buddy. I <laughs> well, it involves everything. That's what's so yeah. great about this is that nobody's wrong. Right. They just talk about different universes, you know, different realities, different dimensions. And a lot of people have different versions of heaven, and they just pick out a different dimension. Oh, heaven's like this. Okay, that's talking about the fifth dimension. Oh, heaven's like this. Okay, that's talking about the eighth. You know, and all sorts of things. So have you ever gone into like another version of yourself or another like kind of like an alternate kind of timeline kind of thing? Has that ever happened yes. to you? Yes. I'm actually aware of multitude of selves right in this moment and what's occurring and some are more articulate than others, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> as as far as being focused and, and prominent, my prominent experience, which I would say is happening right now, which is this. <laughs> but when they all say, you seen Rick and Morty? Have oh, yes, I love Morty? that show. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, when they're all, they divided up the timeline and now there's like eight of them talking at the same time and they're like, <laughs> you're not certain. It's kind of like that, you know, It's but it's, we, we filter out experience so that we can focus on what we want and what we're consciously choosing to be our experience. So, so you have that right here in front of you. Um, as far as having a dramatic moment, it happens a lot. That every decision you make throughout the day, you're actually choosing between different universes. And uh, when you have, say, a spiritual experience, you're actually more closer to thinking in correspondence to the physical type universes than in correspondence to the physical realities, which would filter out the perception of even seeing physical or seeing spiritual entities at all. So in, it actually is happening all the time. Of a specific time before I even got into this, before I uh, really got into spirituality, I had a girlfriend. I got mad at her in the car, and there was, in in my perception, there was absolutely no cars in front of us. And you know, I got really pissed at her. I punched the steering wheel. Next thing I know, 
there's a lineup of cars in front of us and we crash in, into them. And it was, it was literally through this emotional, uh, dramatic decision. I literally changed into as far, you know, it can't be proven. Those cars were there the whole time in this universe. But I, in my perception, I literally transfigured into a different universe in where that was going to happen. <laughs> you know, does that kind of make sense? Hmm. Yeah, that is very, that, that is trippy, man. That's very interesting. As long as you're in my head, but as far as <laughs> it goes to the police officers and anybody else, it's like, we were parked there the whole time. We were stopped at this light for five minutes, you know? Did, did you tell the, did you tell the police officer, well, I was, I saw the, a different universe <laughs> was what I perceived. Yeah, no, it's kind of out of it, you know, <laughs> airbags and everything. Mm. Uh, no, as far as I, I did not understand it in that fashion until then. But there's a lot of stories, so yes, inquire more. Well, well, yeah, tell me some more about like <laughs> I want to know about uh, alternate universes. I mean, what you got? I mean, so like like this... seeing like alternate versions of yourself. How do we? How do we? Do can we access? Yeah. I mean, can access these things? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're doing it all the time. It's just a matter of. In a way, we can say it's just a way of describing that you're choosing your destiny. Uh, but it really is you're 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 jumping from timeline to timeline in what you know what's going to happen in your future. And so, mm-hmm. even as if I I saw my my future, people would say, "Oh, that's a potential." And I I would kind of agree in the fashion that, according to as it's unfolding, yes, it is a potential. But at the same time, it was literally a future that I saw that was happening. And and now I might be on a different timeline. I might not, uh, but some sort of variation of it. And it is a literal future. And you know, it might be a different alternate future on a different alternate timeline. It doesn't really matter. But in one of them, it's actual. It's an actual occurrence. And we're not talking about going in into like the eighth, ninth, and tenth dimensions, which also transcends time altogether. As far as having, you know. As far as this uh, vertical versions of timelines, there's also the horizontal versions of timelines and going into different, <laughs> pretty much going in, anywhere you want along all the lines. So to get into a specific, uh, as it was a specific story, uh, as I was going through this training process of understanding these dimensions, after my death experience, um there was I, I was seeking more. I wanted to know more about the sixth dimension, which is considered the resurrection, where the physical laws—it's a physical universe—but the physical laws are, uh, you know, in any variation of the universe. So as you're choosing, you actually, you deliberately are choosing universes with different laws whenever you want them. So it's kind of the idea of performing miracles. And as I was getting into that uh i started chanting this uh <laughs> idea how did it go all up all down all here all there all good all bad all right all wrong all the white light all the white light all the white light and it kind of came into my mind of how every definition or every idea of anything is actually just the same one source the same one truth that it it's not anything until it's defined as something. And so I was transcending these dimensions and I came to these rocks, kind of very large rocks, 
size of buildings as far as what I'm looking at right now. And uh, it was practically a wall uh, in front of me. And I came up to it. Gravity was as normal. I was uh, twirling around a broom with me. I was kind of really focused, chanting all here, all there, all good, all bad, all the white light, all the white light. You know, speaking of these oppositions, that it's n- there's no oppositions, it's all the same, and kind of that you can transcend this whole thing. I had, I, I had no intention of going into this moment. I had no intention of, of doing this on purpose I, or anything, but I came to that wall and I changed my mind about gravity. And what was pulling me down as I came up to that wall was now altered in a fact where I wasn't climbing up a wall. I was crawling on the ground and, uh, the wall became that ground. And, uh, as far as when I came back into the reality of gravity as it is today, uh, on the top of that rock, you know, I, I just did something that was impossible, technically crawled up a wall and it was a pretty profound experience of experiencing the the changing and alteration of physical laws in that sixth dimensional reality. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. And that broom is kind of why I started carrying around a stick, was it was part of that experience as well. That's something about the stick spoke, uh, spoke to me in that fashion. What about past lives? Are this kind of a form of alternate reality? Yeah, so uh, the reason we have these reincarnations is because we have yet to accept the authority of the first dimension uh, in order to uh, in order to move into the fifth dimensional reality that everybody knows each other's thoughts. You have to be willing to, you know, think of I don't know if you have a partner or not, but somebody. And if you guys knew each other's thoughts, I'm sure you would beat each other up within the hour. And, you know, <laughs> you know, would we really want to be in that place? So the forgiveness process is actually an acceptance of everything being okay. And we can't actually go into the fifth dimension until we accept everything being okay. And so we keep reoccurring in this, these lives, this same life, future lives, past lives, because we have yet to accept that everything's okay. And we the only idea of karma is because we have refused to accept something still. So we go through these karmic lessons of forgiveness and, and all this stuff and letting it go. So, uh, actually my first meditation course, uh, through Vipassana meditation was when I was going through a course in miracles the first time, as I've mentioned, and a lot of stuff happened. Because when you f- sit there and get really focused and really quiet and you start transcending a lot of things. And I started having this experience of recollecting uh, being this kind of aged hippie with this big beard in a Volkswagen bus. Uh, traveling around the country with the love of my life. And I even just like found A Course in Miracles, which is kind of interesting. And I never got into it. Uh, but I, I I started having this whole recollection of what I would say was my immediate past life, um, and and so it started happening. And I was even understood that my wife at that time was still alive in Washington State. I you know it's been a few years now, so I don't know for sure 
don't mm. haven't haven't gone and tried to find her or anything. But uh, as far as recollection, an experience and a story, that's what I got for you. Hmm. Yeah, I've or always are you wondering where it fits in. <laughs> well, I've always just found the 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 uh, past live stuff interesting. Have you had a recollection yourself? I would say sort of. I have a weird memory yeah. um, from my childhood that I can't square with anything else. Um, yeah, you bring it with you, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, everybody remembers more than they think. I mean, you're kind of born with this personality, and it's a, it's still a residual from from past lives. So we remember a lot more than we like to give ourselves credit for. I've also been fascinated by the concept of time not being actually linear, that everything is happening all at once. Yeah. <laughs> so there's every variation as far as into these dimensions. You know, time happening all at once is kind of in the ideas of the first dimension and even the tenth dimension or close in the ninth. But uh, it also, <laughs> going into alternate universes alternate timelines and you're talking <laughs> every every timeline happening at once and then it's even hard we can't even comprehend what it means to have horizontal versions of that i can't even grasp it mm. as much as you know what my mind is capable of so well, yeah thinking of how it's all at once i mean, where where's free will in that matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know that's that that is kind of odd rob what do you think of all this man uh, well, I want to get down to business here, Devin. Are you the Antichrist? Okay. Uh, yes, I am. Okay. Okay. You, no, can't, you can't just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> if I got the Antichrist on Conspiranormal, I can't just leave it there. We got to know why. Well I, well, I said I saw my future, didn't I? Well, I can't exactly deny that I am this man that, that was referred to as the lawless one. And the one that's going to be bringing in a new age. And and as far as in that death experience, I did come back with a phrase that I was here to bring magic back. And it is referring to that. It's opening Pandora's box. And as far as this idea of antichrist, and it might be anti-Christian, uh, but it's not so much anti-Christ. It's more for Christ than Christianity. And it gets into this whole spiel of actually understanding what that really means um as far as uh maybe you can go through what do you know of this these ideas of the antichrist because i can send you a picture of my signature that happens to have both 666 and 616 in it well, the concept of the Antichrist, as I understand it, would be mostly, I guess, as the it's the Christian concept, right? I mean, you know, like you said, the man of lawlessness, this this kind of thing. But there's so many different interpretations of what the Antichrist is or was that it really kind of depends on which denomination you speak to, and it really kind of depends. It really kind of depends on which. Uh, which the, you know, we went to this whole show about kind of the Christian eschatology, and it also depends on which one of those you ask, you know, the millennial yeah. viewpoint, all millennial, that kind of stuff. So were you going to say yeah, something, Rob, would... about, about that? Sorry. Okay. 
Are you uh, talking to me? Or? Uh, I was talking to Rob. <laughs> Rob Sorry. looks more like Jesus, so maybe we could have a wizard battle if you ever come here. Ooh. Yeah, well, I wouldn't claim I'm not him either. So. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, So, I mean, that's an awfully strong statement to make about that you're the Antichrist. I mean... Uh, yeah, Crowley made that <laughs> statement. Uh, Jack Parsons, I know, made that statement as well. So, yeah, I mean, well, what does that mean well, to you? Just like you're collapsing the idea of time of all happening in the same very instant. I mean, you you also need to collapse all consciousness, all identities, all happening in the same one mind, and you need to collapse all the spirits, all the souls are actually happening in the same one spirit. And all the bodies are actually happening all in the same one body. And, and when you collapse it all down, you know, the, the reference to somebody being anything, uh, you kind of, you just have to separate everything else out to say, I'm this one thing and not everything else. But I do and would say, as far as in my dimensional experiences in this very moment, I am literally everything. Okay. So. I got gotcha. you. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm this stuttering little child inside, you know, and this this retarded guy that just walks around with a stick, and you know, I as far as you know, what is the definition of it? As many would say, you know, it's it, the use of this body uh, by Satan, literally. And the actual channeling of Satan and, and all this stuff. So it's, you know, it gets into this weird, obscured ideas as far as, you know, what and how we could define that. Like I said, I, I wouldn't deny that I'm literally Jesus Christ. So uh, I, I had this whole flashing of the future, being the Antichrist, traveling through time, being Jesus Christ, being King Solomon. Uh, starting trying to change the future and it working against me to actually being this whole birth and <laughs> experience and and quite literally the end of of say the world of where the antichrist confronts and is is taken by Jesus being the the exact same person where we join and unite together again and and literally change the entirety of the universe wow you guys got me saying a lot this time huh <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, that brings me to another question would be, you know, what is, what is Satan to you? I mean, what does that mean to you? I mean, the whole concept of an adversary to God, I mean, yeah, no, that's that adversary to God idea is impossible, but as far as giving an option, uh, then reality you know, and opposite to say the only thing that exists, like love, we're talking alternate dimensional experience. Um, it was an opportunity for us. The only way we can come into a dimension of opposition, such as this physical reality, we need to have an idea of having some sort of opposition. You need okay. something other than only truth. And in this case, it's a lot of defined as love. Uh, the idea of what Lucifer is was generated and created by the same ideas of what most people refer to as God is actually Christ. And when he was developing and creating the rays of light and the the, the council in heaven and all this experience, 
uh, it did include the option of having this opposition, having this knowledge of good and evil. Yes, and a lot of biblical stuff here. But uh, as far as it's been completely misunderstood, uh, even m- me taking this position of willing to be the Antichrist is kind of a, a, a gift to all mankind that, you know, I will do it. I will go to hell if you would say, I'll go to outer darkness. I don't care as long as everyone can awaken to the real truth and the reality of what we are. You know, I'll take that responsibility on myself. And I see Lucifer in the same fashion of as a representation of that opposition, uh, willing to do that so that no one else has to do it, uh, unless they want to, of course. And we're, we're all various degrees of, of, say, knowledge of good and evil. Uh, it's more of frequencies. We're all kind of on a different degree of frequencies, and it originates from the original 12 rays uh, of frequencies in the holographic universe as this whole tribes of Israel and <laughs> everything is coming to that same understanding. Hmm. A lot of information <laughs> that condensed is, down here. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot to kind of to take in. But you do said something very interesting there and in that the opposition is the physical world itself. That yeah. that to me sounds a lot like uh uh Gnosticism, the Gnostic idea of of uh of basically the physical world is evil and the spiritual world is is good. Well, I, I wouldn't describe it as that last line, uh, but Gnosticism is referred to as the ones who know, and that's what it literally means, knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it is actually like the only way I could come back from my death experience was to accept um, having a grievance. Like in that moment, I had nothing that I didn't see as perfect in my mind and I saw it all as good, all as love, and so I was literally falling out of the universe. And I had to accept some sort of negativity, some sort of opposition to the, that reality in order to be in this world. And then as I did so, the whole package deal you know, came together into this universe. Hmm. Gotcha. I really don't know where to take it from here, Devin. I, I, I'll be <laughs> honest okay. with you. <laughs> I, it's I, okay. We can debate it too. You know? <laughs> How are we going to you know, question it? You know? yeah, I, I'm just a crazy old man. That's, <laughs> I'm at the age of, of Jesus's reign, apparently, uh, 32 now. So ah, I, yeah, there you go. Yep. Almost, this is, <laughs> almost 33. And there's a nice little yeah. mystical number there for you. You yeah, know, this is when psychotic ideas definitely come into play. You know? So, are there others that are around that are like you that that you, that you anyone on your level that you would see that has the same uh, point of view, or that would you, you would consider kind of an equal in this? Uh, as uh, I I have out uh, many, but I do I have come into presence of people that do not. Uh, desire my information in some sort of fashion, and I almost, you know, don't even pay mind to them, hmm. uh, because you know they they are on a level of teaching as well, a level of giving this information as well. It might be in different words, might be in different understanding, uh, but they don't need my words. And as I've been close to some of them, 
and do know of them, but uh, as far as actually conversing with them, it's almost as if we're the same one person and we're actually talking to people uh, in in different eyes, different mouths, you know, having that same occurrence. We don't need to talk to ourselves. Hmm. So you feel like this, you're kind of uh, just like tuned in or jacked into this kind of like universal consciousness in a way. It is. Well, that Christ consciousness is what you're referring to as universal consciousness. Mm-hmm. That when you do tap into it, you do recognize everyone and everything is within your mind and within this essence. And you can deliberately choose any experience, any <laughs> occurrence in your reality and all sorts of things. But yes, uh, the entering into the fifth dimensional reality does rely on knowing that essence of that consciousness as yourself and quite literally the authority of this universal consciousness, this one self. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think there's so much more that we could do here, but I understand that you do have another interview to do tonight. So yeah. <laughs> just so happens. It was- just so happens. Yeah. Um, well, tell everybody where they can find you. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, um, kind of like you know what you talk about on there and where people can get in touch with you. Yeah, so my podcasts are a little different than yours, so I hope they're not in competition, but uh, they, they don't nah. talk about all and get all this cool information like you do. Uh, it's A lot of my podcasts are actual... Uh, deliberately inducing spiritual experiences and when a lot of people listen to them uh, it does induce type of uh, a different mentality and entering into a lot of things so there's a different variations of what's going on as far as on the surface it does seem like it's just a pile of information and a lot of words being spoken and that's helpful too and that's nice um it's it's it works, but uh, it does induce and have an offer an inducing type of experience, which is a lot to say as well. Um, the website to find that uh, find those I actually have several <laughs> is openandclear.com. Yes, and you can also find my community and contact me through there. So. And I'll put a link up to that in the in the show notes. Well, Devin, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been really enlightening. And I think we could uh, get you back on and explore some more of this, especially some of uh, your other revelations that you have had. Yeah. And I'll have to check out the podcast as well. well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rob, is there anything else that you wanted to ask? Uh, No, I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, I enjoyed listening to the last show that you did, and it's it's good to actually get to meet you and hear you this time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank you, Mel. Absolutely. Well, stay on the line for us, Devin. We're going to close this section out. <coughs> and guys, we'll be back out to close the show on Conspiracy Normal. <laughs>
Yeah. That was my mind. Blown. Yeah. yeah. My mind's completely blown, dude. It's funny, like, I, I, every time we changed um, topics, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I follow him. I know what he's saying. I know what he's saying. And then, then he'd lose me. Like, <laughs> he'd cross his, like, barrier into, you know, he's obviously spent a lot more time. Obviously, it's his thing, you know. Yeah. Thinking about this stuff, so. He's a, he's a real, real deep thinker. I can tell you that. The guy's definitely gone on some kind of spiritual journey. And I can say now with 100% certainty that unlike any other host on the Fringe Radio Network, I've actually gotten an interview with the Antichrist. This is true. So they need to step up their game. That's all I'm saying. That's, you know. There's a challenge for you. There's a challenge for you. (laughs) The Antichrist was on Conspiranormal and nowhere else. I just I had to bring that up. I saw I was you know looking at his website and I was just like I was just waiting. I'm glad you brought it up. And he has a question about it on his website, so it's not like right. That's yeah. That's why I brought that up. I wasn't. I actually like I wasn't just listening to him and decided that he was the Antichrist because yeah. I don't think you could offend him with anything that you anybody would say (laughs) right because it just. Yeah, I mean, he actually he got in touch with me like I said before. back in the day and I had him on and it was an interesting show then this was even more just like interesting I'd like to kind of understand like I would kind of like to understand what these 10 dimensions are a little bit more yeah me too because they don't seem to be dimensions the way I understand them yeah same here you know I've read a lot about um, you know various aspects of physics and stuff and time being the fourth dimension because it's perpendicular to matter you know what we consider the third dimension and traverse through that yeah so then the fifth dimension would have to be perpendicular again to time which i don't know what that means well i um i looked it up here typed into the old google what are the 10 dimensions and i got according to super string theory there are at least 10 dimensions in the universe m theory whatever that is actually suggests that there are 11 dimensions to space-time Bosonic string theory suggests twenty six dimensions. I think and now I think a lot of that has to do more with particle physics than with mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. Devin is talking about. But okay, so gone to ultraculture.org uh, says a visual guide to the ten dimensions of reality. The first dimension is length, second is height, third dimension depth. Fourth dimension time, which I've heard that some people say that there's no such thing as time as a dimension, and then I've heard the opposite. So this is saying that time is a dimension. The fifth dimension is possible worlds. So the fifth dimension, I think, is what he was saying there. Right. What is a world slightly different than ours from which we could measure similarities and differences to our own world. The sixth dimension, a plane of all possible worlds with the same start conditions. The sixth dimension is a plane containing, I'm I'm starting to get a headache, is a plane (laughs) containing all possible universes with the same start conditions as ours, i.e. the Big Bang. The seventh dimension is a plane of all possible worlds with different start conditions. The seventh dimension expands upon the sixth by plotting all possible worlds that begin with different 
SART conditions. All right, still following. The eighth dimension, a plane of all possible worlds, each with different SART conditions, each branching out in infinitely. I don't are see you, how that differs. And this says, are you dizzy yet? <laughs> uh, the ninth dimension, all possible worlds starting with all possible start conditions and laws of physics. In each of these dimensions, which represent all possible start conditions, the laws of physics are all completely different. Okay. The tenth dimension is infinite possibilities. At this level of complexity, everything that is possible and imaginable exists. That's kind of what he was saying. Yeah. Even a world in which you have no student loans is which this is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like this is it's a, like, like it's this, like they've looked right into my life and grabbed a hold of my dreams and just yeah laid them out there. It looks like this is kind of like a chaos magic site is what this is. So, um, I guess that's the. The Ten Dimensions. I guess that's from... uh, Well, I guess... What is it? um, Course in Miracles borrows from that, I suppose? I don't really know. But uh, apparently there's 26, according to Bosonic Theory. Let's not read that. No, no. no, I'll (laughs) be here forever. Be here all night something you know huh no, that's interesting though that makes a lot of sense so the way it's always been explained to me is like you know you take like first you've got a line right yep perpendicular to that line is the second dimension so you get a plane mm-hmm. you go perpendicular to that plane then you end up with you know space you take that and go perpendicular to the third dimension i mean all of that moving that's that's how you get time because every particle in existence is actually a long thread. We're just only seeing a cross section of the, each of those threads as a particle. Sure. Whatever. So then the fifth dimension would have to be what was that again? That's infinite worlds. Yeah. That's or, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because those threads could have yeah. happened in other places, and that's assuming that they actually are happening in other places. That's, yeah. as, that's as far as I can. That's that's it. After that, that's as far as you. That's as far as you can go on that. Yeah. Like I, I'm not even sure I can even get past the fourth. But yeah, this is uh, this is pretty interesting. Definite interesting stuff. Um, twenty six dimensions. I'll just read a little bit here. We need to call Michio Kaku. We do. Uh, in addition, bosonic string theory in a general space-time dimension displays cons- inconsistencies due to the conformal anomaly. But what? as was first <laughs> noticed by Claude Lovelace, in a space-time of 26 dimensions, 25 dimensions of space and one of time, the critical dimension for the theory, the anomaly, cancels. What? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're just using big words to confuse us now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With their fancy science talk. There's a good movie out there called, um, oh, what was that movie? It was called Nothing or Nowhere Man or something like that. It was, it had Jared Leto in it, and it was all about um, alternate realities. Oh. I can't remember the name of it. But I did want to talk about a movie that I saw just recently. Yeah? Um that's um a dark song which is on netflix 
It's like a, a British movie. And it's about this woman that loses her son. Ooh, yeah, I almost watched that the other day. And she had she goes and does like some kind of it's like an occult ritual. I think it's like uh Abermelon the Mage or something like that. That is a interesting movie. It's about I think the closest to like some of the uh, like a, depicting a real occult ritual. Like it's it's crazy stuff. But it is a very good movie, and I would, I would, I would recommend people check it out. Um, apparently, some people have kind of dogged it, but whatever. Yeah. But uh, Soraya actually suggested that I watch it, and so did Josh. So I sat down and watched it the other night. It actually made me feel really uneasy at parts. Really? Like it's actually like genuinely uh-huh. frightening at points. Ooh. But it's actually supposed to be. That's all I'm going to actually say about it. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, so we're, we haven't gone new AG on everybody, just to let everybody know. <laughs> I know the last two shows have been have been that way. Uh, so we are changing it up just a little bit next week with uh, Jeannie Ashford. We're going to talk about her new book, The, Fa- A Face- the Faceless Villain, Ooh. and we're going to get into true, nice. true crime. Um, cases that were of the early 20th century. I think she dates it from 1900 to 1959, and it's all about unsolved murders. Nice. And See, I wish true crime's almost a little out of our mm -hmm. perspective, but I I do wish we could find a way to sneak some more of it in. Mm. Well, I'm highly into it. Oh, me too. So I'd really really like to talk about it. I just finished watching um, Mindhunters on Netflix, too. Um, which is a series about these FBI guys that interview all these serial killers. Uh, it's based on a true story. Nice. But um, it's that one is <laughs> really good. Not easy to watch at points. It's like it's David Fincher. Okay. Who did, you know, did Seven and mm-hmm. uh, Zodiac and all those movies. So, yeah, it's that's, that's another one that's uh, well worth seeing. So... I think on that, I think we'll call it. Um, tell everybody where they can get to Patreon because I had to up our level on Podomatic. Uh, now we have unlimited bandwidth and unlimited storage, but it costs a little bit more. So it costs us now about $75 a month to put this show up. So we need to just get like $25 more. Guys. Yes, we need your help. We need your help, people. We need your help. This um, is in, in, it's like an NPR pledge drive. Because if you don't help, I'm going to start selling uh, male supplements like Alex Jones does. Oh, God. I'll start doing that. Or so we could just do like the, the meals in a bucket, like that one guy. Uh, yeah, Jim Baker. Yeah. We can start selling meals. We're going to start the, selling meals in a meals bucket. Meals in a bucket, and like um, inflatable mattresses. Yes. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to www.patreon.com slash conspiranormal and there's different tiers you can subscribe there's we post bonus episodes on there uh some of the higher tiers we've got t-shirts and some other other little gifts for you guys uh, and if you don't want to subscribe to anything you can do a one-time donation through our website at conspiranormal.com and if you don't want to contribute money but you want to help the show out you can always just give us a nice five-star review on itunes or stitcher and uh let us know how you feel that'd be great and we need to do more uh, Patreon things, Patreon-only episodes we as well. We do. So. And we will. We shall. 
So I think that's it, uh, guys. I think we'll call it. Um, Luke, what did you think of all that? Oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to try to chirp like a cricket, but I can't do it. Yeah, you listened to the uh, you listened to the show. Uh, we first had Devin on, and like Luke was asking a lot of questions, and he was engaged. And oh like, yeah, he was awake the whole time. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Yeah, back then I made him sit in a really uncomfortable chair. There that's were, the there problem. Were no couches. He, he's uh, he's actually in his defense told us that that's the problem because we have these couches here, and he comes and you know he gets out of work, comes and hangs out, sits down on the couch, and then. Psh, done we need to put him in like a hair shirt or something uh, to make no, him i'm getting like a wooden stool yeah yeah like a really uncomfortable wooden stool yeah, so he's no back awake. no back support yeah maybe we'll have luke back next week I'm, I'm really hoping that luke will be here to fill us with mirth and merriment but until then you just get us guys so thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week on conspiranormal the only show that has an interview with the antichrist Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.